Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank discussions of sex and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy! Her hips lifted, seeking his mouth again. This time when he lowered his lips to her clit, he worked two fingers inside her, pumped them in and out in time with his tongue. Thea bucked. Her hips pumped against his face. Her hands were in his hair. He increased the pace to match hers. Her thighs began to tremble. Her moans became whimpers. Her pleasure built until she was writhing. Writhing. And it was the hottest fucking thing he'd ever seen. A wave of tenderness washed over him as potent as the lust surging through his veins. Neil! Yes? Neil, we have to do a podcast. There's no time for fun. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Claire. And this is FMK Lit. Uh, Where we read two romance novels. A straight one and a queer one. And then we play Fuck, Marry, Kill with the characters. Uh, All the spoilers. So many sloppy, sloppy spoilers. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Put some stank on it. So if you are looking for reviews of books that do not include spoilers, please go elsewhere. And then after you've read the book, come back and see if you agree with what we have to say. Absolutely. That is the best thing you can do. Unless you want to know what the ending of a book is before you read it. Yeah, Uh, unless you're a Claire and just don't care about spoilers. Like some kind of weirdo psychopath who is running a podcast (laughs) about romance novels. So, hey, Claire. Uh Uh-huh. I picked some books for us to read. You did, you did. What did you pick? I picked The Bromance Book Club by Lisa K. Adams and Meet Cute Club Sweet Rose Book One by Jack Harbin. And the theme this time, this episode, was book clubs. Particularly romance book clubs I was very excited because I've been wanting to read the bromance book club for a while like it keeps popping I have up too. on the yeah. Amazon and I'm like we gotta read this and we I'm gotta so read glad it. and the cover the like the cover itself is just amazing it's um let me pull it up it's like the back end of a man, so a man's butt. So imagine that Bruce Springsteen album cover, but instead of a red hanky, it's a romance novel sticking out of his pocket. And then he's holding some, they look like daisies, a bouquet of mm-hmm. daisies. And it's just like, yes, it's, oh, good, oh. So and really... romance is written in like the baseball font with yeah. the, the line yeah. under it. So it's, you, you get, it's a very good book cover. Like, it high, is. high props for that book cover. Yes. Um, so I'm very excited. And then the Meet Cute Club is like one of the cutest names of a book. So Agreed. I'm very excited. But before we dive into it, Claire. Yes. What's got you hot and bothered? Uh, mon- March 2020 has been the single longest month to have ever existed in all of the years. I don't mm-hmm. know. It like our clocks say it's October, but I do not believe it. It is still March. No. And um, 
we don't touch on the news much because, of course, we are timeless. And if one were to just pick us up, they should be able to just fall into this. (laughs) (laughs) I've thought about that in, like, I don't know, 10 years when new audiences are discovering podcasts. And then all of a sudden, universally, the quality of podcasts goes down for, like, a year and a half. And they're like, what is happening? Why did this happen? (laughs) <laughs> They're talking about being at home all the time? What does that even mean? <laughs> Why are there so much sourdough bread happening? <laughs> <laughs> Why is everyone... Why, why is the sound chorus and everybody talking about banana bread? I don't get it. Yes. Um. So I won't yes. go into this week's news, but I will say it has been a hell of a week. <laughs> it's been a hell of a week, kids. And I just... I, on Monday, I was like, you know what? I'm done with Twitter for, you know, a long time. I just need to, like, I took it off of my phone. I stopped looking at it. I was, like, done with Twitter. Um, And then halfway through the week, the news was like, no, no, no. Get your ass back on here, bitch. Shit's going down, and you need to watch it happen. (laughs) And... I will say, of all the things that happened this week... My very favorite thing will have to be Melania Trump saying, fuck Christmas. (laughs) It is like, (laughs) it is a gift to my heart that I can take with me all year round. (laughs) I carry the spirit of fuck Christmas with me (laughs) all into the new year. My boy, my boy, what time is it? It's fuck Christmas time. (laughs) Fucking Christmas isn't an action. It's a state of mind. Oh. Santa Claus isn't just a man who brings you presents. He is the spirit of fuck Christmas that Melania Trump has ensured <laughs> exists in America forever. <laughs> the Grinch is the counterculture hero that we all need. Oh. Though not going to lie, every time I watch the original animated version and it talks about how his, his heart grows and he saves Christmas, I always get choked up. Oh, I mean, that's the best. It's one, yeah. like, and when and then, it bursts out of that cage, yeah, like, yeah. it's like, ugh, so good. And when the, it's, it's because the Who's wake up and they're like, Christmas isn't about capitalism. It's about spending time with each other, like any good holiday should be. And they're like, we're still going to. And the Grinch is like, oh, Christmas shouldn't be about capitalism. Like, that makes my heart smile and cry happy tears. Because fuck capitalism. Yeah. Except Christine really loves capitalism, as we learned Uh, in her. Loves um, it. Antifa lover episode. (laughs) Um, And I don't know if you've heard this, but a new book has come out about COVID lover. Um. What? And Chuck Tingle has been is like, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, no, Chuck Tingle pretty much was like, I'm happy this exists. I'm happy people wanted to write this. Good for them. I would never write this. <laughs> like, Oh my god, Chuck Tingle! <laughs> I, okay, going into this podcast, especially, what was it, episode two that we did Dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my god, Chuck fucking Tingle. This will be this will be the the well to pull from whenever I want to do a ridiculous episode that we can make fun of. Who knew? A mere what? Mostly three years later. Three to time is an illusion. A number of years later, Chuck Tingle is the voice that we need right now. One of. 
He's one of, a voice that we need right now. Yes, and one I one I appreciate the hell out of. Um, speaking of which, oh my right. god, is it three years? <laughs> Good for us. I don't know. <laughs> I tried to do the math in my head really fast, and it didn't work, because I don't know what year it is. Uh, it's March. It's March 2020. <laughs> it's Mar- it's, so, there was 2019, March 2021. Yeah. Yes. Um, or rather, January, February, twenty twenty, March, and then twenty twenty one. Indeed, indeed. Um, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Neil. Yes. What has got you hot and bothered? So, like, like many of us, I have been using this time to get caught up on some TV binging. Mm. Um, especially to like finish out shows that I had never finished. One of them uh, is a show that I very much enjoyed, called New Girl. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Um, I really watched it when it was on. I discovered it kind of late, and I found that I had watched up to the penultimate season, but I had never seen the last season. So recently, I started from the beginning again and then watched it all the way through. And as much as I enjoy that show, um, something really struck me that irked me about it, and that was that the romance stories for a lot of the characters is every time one of the characters said oh I feel this and that was sort of counter to the romance narrative that we're given either like oh I'm fine being single right now or I want to play the field and just sort of like get laid and have fun I'm not looking for anything serious anything along those lines the storyline was, oh, we find out that that character was wrong or they were just lying to themselves. Oh. And really what everybody wanted is the very traditional, you meet that one person, you're with that one person forever, etc. And a relationship looks like this. Mm-hmm. So an example that was interesting and I thought was going to be nuanced, but then turned out to not be, was... Um, the character of Nick and Reagan, who was Megan Fox's character, they got together and they were both like really reserved people. And there was a while that they were just like, oh yeah, we're together. And there's just a lot of stuff that we don't feel the need to really talk about. Our relationship is about like the present and us spending time with each other, especially because her character is a pharmaceutical rep. So she travels a lot for her job. So it's like, okay, and she entered the show when um, Zoe Deschanel was out on maternity leave and then the character moved up to Seattle and then ended up moving back to be with Nick and then traveled quite a bit for work when it was plot convenient for her to be there or not. Um, So because she was gone all the time, their relationship was like, yeah, it's about us being present with each other because we know that we're not always going to be able to be with each other. So you know, neither of us are people that really need to talk through a lot of our feelings. And so we're just going to like be with each other. And there was a while that they were both like, yeah, this is what works for us. And then of course it turns out that Nick was lying to himself the whole time. And there's this situation where she got, she was offered a promotion, but she turned it down because it would have meant even more travel and she didn't tell him about it. And like, yes, you should tell your partner about it. But from her point of view, it was like, well, I knew I wasn't going to take it. So there was no point in like really bringing it up because then it would have been a whole 
discussion, but like I've made this choice and it's my choice to make. So here we are. And then it's like, no, that's what's wrong with the relationship. And of course, Nick was fooling himself the whole time that like a relationship has to look like CC and Schmidt's relationship, which is awful because she was a psychopath. Anyway, all this to say, and I feel that this is like true a lot of times that like the shena- a lot of shenanigans that we see in sitcoms around romance come from a character saying, "Oh, society's telling me this, but I actually feel this is what's right for me." Now, mm-hmm. and the comedy comes from them either lying to themselves or realizing through various mishaps that they were mistaken. And really what they need is what everybody's telling them that they need. And that irked me. And also I want to say that the very best relationship in that TV show was Winston and Cece. They were (laughs) friends who who called each other babe. And they had classic Winston Cece mess arounds. And it was the best. And they were very supportive of each other and what they needed. It was the best relationship in that show. Uh, Yeah, I think... Uh, that show for me, everybody's sort of like the writing just evolved into caricature, except when it was serious moments. And so, like, mm-hmm. like I, I, like Nick was like wild and kooky and didn't like have any sort of plan for his life and was stupid about computers right up until he needed to get serious and he was in love with somebody and then he was like really mature and knew exactly what to do and i was like i can't like i mean i really like the show and i enjoyed it but like that was much but that speaks to uh because zoe deschanel's character jess was going out with this tall hot doctor for a while right before she and nick got together Dr. And Sam. that's, yeah, and it's the exact same thing. Dr. Sam stated really clearly, like, you and I are just fucking each other. Like, we don't like each other, but we really enjoy having sex with each other, and that's okay. Like, we can have a relationship where it's just sex. And he'd stated that clearly, and she understood it, and then, like, she gets to know him a little better and sees that he's, like, a kid's doctor, and she's, of course, a teacher, and it hits all of the right buttons, so she wants to try. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to. This isn't what he wants out of this relationship. He gives it a go for a second, but is like, nah, this isn't me. Like, it really isn't. And then he leaves. And I was like, great, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, when she finds him again and, like, says, no, for reals, I want to try this, and he's like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, why? What changed in his life? Like, <laughs> well, he popped up a couple times, but yeah, it was like, oh, I all of a sudden I can't stop thinking about you, and it's like that's not what you said, like, and it's when you're binging it, that's not what you said three weeks ago. No, and I know, and then like, and I get kind of the choice the producers made is he's like a hot actor who was a good actor we believed in, and they wanted to keep him on the show, and also he was a super good foil for, uh, you know, for. Uh, Jess's real romance, which was, you know, mm-hmm. of course, this will they won't they thing, and I get that, but fuck you. Ah. <laughs> I, and then also, I yell that at the, the television all the time. Oh, I get it, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> there was also the part where um, Jess's dad married someone that Jess knew from high school, so obviously it was she was like significantly younger. And so, of course, it's like, oh, well, obviously she's trying to, like, 
she's like marrying my dad for money or cheating on him or whatever, whatever. And it turns out that she's like a recovering sex addict and they thought she was having an affair, but really she was somebody's sponsor. And I was like, oh, sorry, shenanigans. And it's like, oh, well, their non-traditional relationship actually can work. And then the next time we see the dad, it's because Jess does this thing and has to leave and goes back to stay with him and the wife has left him. So it's like, oh, how convenient that now all of a sudden the relationship didn't out. And then, you know, she sets him up with somebody who is admittedly more age appropriate, but like, that's why it's okay because society says like, oh, it's okay for these two people to to be together, but not for these two people to be together. Anyway, I still enjoyed the show, except I want Schmidt gone. He's, terrible he's a garbage person um and we've talked about that sh- this show far too long now let's <laughs> talk about books let's talk about books let's talk about books the bromance book club by lisa k adams the first rule of book club you don't talk about book club Nashville legend's second baseman Gavin Scott's marriage is in major league trouble. He's recently disappointed. Ah, 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 ah. Sorry, 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 sorry. There are more baseball sorry. puns. You gotta like suffer through great. this. Great, great. I'm excited. I love it. Yeah, leave that all in. Okay. <laughs> um, he's recently discovered a humiliating secret. His wife, Thea, has always faked the big O. When he loses his cool at the revelation, it's the final straw in their already strained relationship. Thea asks for a divorce, and Gavin realizes he's let his pride and fear get the better of him. Welcome to the Bromance Book Club. Distraught and desperate, Gavin finds help with an unlikely source, a secret romance book club made up of Nashville's top alpha men. With the help of their current read, a steamy regency titled Courting... Sorry. With the help of their current read, a steamy regency titled Courting the Countess, the guys coach Gavin on saving his marriage. But it'll take a lot more than flowery words and grand gestures for this hapless Romeo to find his inner hero and win back the trust of his wife. And that's what that book says it's about. Mm-hmm. Neil. Yeah. Neil, tell me about yes. this book. That's very accurate, that description. Uh-huh. Um... So, okay, so here's the so here's the the premise. We start in media res, but the premise is Gavin and Thea were he was in the minor leagues when they met and started dating, and then they had an unexpected pregnancy, and then they got married, and like it was like a year in to them dating, if that. Oh no, um, no, it was 2 months. Oh shit. Yeah, like it was two to three months. Like it was, that was it. It was, yeah. So everyone who needs it, please use birth control. Um, So they had an unplanned pregnancy, decided to get married. And shortly after she gave birth to their twins, he got picked up by the major leagues. And so um, whirlwind life, blah, blah, blah. And then the... Night that he 
help them win the World Series. Is that what it was? No, no, no. It's just like um, it was like Game Six of like the game be- right before the World Se- of the games right before okay. the World Series. So he helped them get to Game Seven of like okay. the 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 title or something, the East Coast title. Or whatever. Sure, whatever. Sports ball. I don't know. Sports, sports. But after he helped them win a very important game. They went home and for the first time in quite some time decided to knock boots and she had an orgasm and he realized that she had been faking with him the entire time. And um, then he got super sulky. She asked him to leave and then he did. And then that upset her. And then she asked for a divorce. Yep. So that's where we are. And but the book begins these first two opening scenes, like the opening scene for each character is amazing. Yes. Let me tell you why. So the book starts with Gavin alone in a hotel room, drunk off his ass, and he doesn't drink much because it's very obvious that he cannot handle his liquor and a lot of times he drinks a lot more than he should. So he is an absolute mess and then some of his teammates show up and they're like okay here he is get him hosed off blah 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 let's figure it out and there's a part where he and his uh teammate and good friend are in the bathroom trying to get everything out of his stomach and there's a part where gavin starts getting choked up and crying and tries to hold it back and Del's like no it's okay let it out like it's it's okay obviously so then um, they're like, okay, we know what we're going to do. You have to trust us. Number, the very first rule, don't go talk to her. Meet us at this guy's house in this future date. And he's like, I la, 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 la. and they're like, dude, trust us. And he's like, okay. And he realizes, he's like, I don't know what else I'm going to do, but sure. So let's take a pause there. Um, this scene is hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. there's one point where it's like, he threw up something the color of bad decisions. <laughs> and it's like, oh, so good. So good. And then just the scene where Del's like, no, man, cry. Yeah. Th- yes, do. Like, oh, it was just like really sweet. And throughout the book, there are several teammates slash other guys in this Burmance book club. And it's kind of hard to keep them all straight. Um... Which, yeah, whatever, it's fine. But Dell is his very good friend. And it's just like, dude, let it out. So it's just like, okay. So it's like, it's funny, it's sweet. I'm like, okay, okay. The next scene is Thea with her sister Liv. Mm-hmm. No, Thea is in the house that she lived in with Gavin and their twin daughters. And there's this, she's like, I've always wanted to tear down this goddamn wall. So guess what I'm doing? So she's like doing it herself. Liv comes home having picked up the daughters from some or taking the daughters out oh yeah dance or something yeah and then they decide to they have a sledgehammer they get one of gavin's bats they blast some like kelly clarkson and they just go to town on this wall so the first time we see thea it's her and her sister and her two very young daughters just like in this moment of like yeah I'm doing what I want to do. I'm finally like tearing down this goddamn wall. Cause she's into painting and she's like, if I tear down this wall, then this room will get better light and I can sit in here and paint. So it's just like, 
this this scene with like you know two strong women and two two young girls who are loving this the loud music and the tearing down a wall like all four of them are just like yes girl power and it's great and then gavin shows up Ugh. which is not what he should have done and later the guys are like dude we told you because of course he says the wrong things and it's too soon mm-hmm. and it like it shows us the friction between them and especially the friction between gavin and the sister Liv, mm-hmm. because and we'll get into it a little bit more later but like Liv and thea had kind of their parents relationship was awful and yes. super toxic and it affected them a lot and that colored their view of love and Liv is basically like salt the earth and run bitch to her sister and he's like he's like i can't he's the father of our children like i can't do that and was like yeah but can't you though yeah (laughs) so that's how we established this book and those two opening scenes i think might have been among my favorite like they were great they were so good they were very like they set up so many things like the reason the guys busted into the room wasn't just because he was drunk and alone but it was also because they had just played game seven that night and lost and he was like sulky and bad at that game and his wife hadn't shown Mm -hmm. up to the game so they Mm -hmm. knew something was wrong so they track him down in the hotel room that he's in and find him drunk and are like okay we were correct like and they and they and like it was one of the things i really liked about it that we don't see in romances hardly at all is this kind of super support structure for men like so often we see things like yeah just fuck her go after her and then every once in a while in some books especially honestly the sports books which i find very interesting is like it is a group of men who are supportive and are like no man you got to be cool also because we know that they're going to go off and have more romances in the future books but like mm-hmm. so but i really like that and i really did like that scene where it's like you pick them up and yeah like you said like it's okay to cry it's okay to feel these feelings and then so like it's men who are you know telling him he can be soft mm-hmm. and then in another scene a woman telling her sister she can be tough yeah and that she doesn't have to be precious around things and that she can like she can take what she wants and she can ask for help to do it and so like that was really great so i thought like the contrast of those two things was really awesome yeah it was it was examples of fraternity and sorority that are more holistic and that like with the with the friends the dude bros it's like yeah the sort of okay tough love like pick him up throw him in the shower kind of thing but also like no guy like give space for your emotions like that's what you need to do yeah and then the sorority like literal sorority because it's two sisters but like this like relationship between women that's just like girl let's knock down a wall why the fuck not it was it was so lovely to see that and then the fact that Gavin sort of like showed up and and then we also see like how Gavin and Thea are trying to hide everything from the daughters and like that was a real tension throughout the whole book but we see like the the guy showing up and saying yeah, I I want us to be together blah 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 and like in most romance novels it's like okay yeah sure but in this one it's like no that was a mistake mm-hmm. and like 
it, it obviously was, but then also for these characters, for the plot, it's like, no, that's not what he should have done, and that's why our author put it in the book. It's like, great, great, great. And it's also like, it's something that I was excited to read once I realized what this book was, because um, that we haven't really read since Strawberry Summer, which is a second chance romance. Like, it's two people, yes. two people who are finding each other again, and I was mm-hmm. super excited about that. Um, yeah. Uh, after that, it goes off the rails a little bit for me for a while. There's some really interesting literary things that happen that I really enjoyed. But there were some things I was like, oh, I don't know if I could do this. Anyway, go ahead, Neil. Oh, I actually love this book. Oh, my God. Like, I, there was parts of it I really enjoyed, but I was fucking pissed for a lot of this book. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> like what? Okay. One, I was absolutely on board. Like, at first I was like, no, no, no. Like, these are two kids. They're obviously two kids. They are... Mm -hmm. She is not even 25 yet. Um, And, like, two people who hadn't had a lot of relationships uh, got together. She, She was in her, like, last year of college. So... Like, got together when they were, like, real young, had mm-hmm. kids right away. They've only been together for three years and three months. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. like, that is, and that's it. So, it is exactly the right time when you should be having a fight. So, I wasn't, like, too worried about them. But then when we got further in and the way he acted, I was like, mm, I don't know, fuck this guy. Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I was okay. I, we should get on with the rest of the premise because, like the okay. like the next thing that happens is important before we get to the thing that pissed me off. Okay, okay. So, um, Gavin goes to his friend's house. Some other there's this guy Mac that is is like he's kind of the worst, but he's also kind of the best. Yeah, he's the star of the next book. Yeah, obviously. Um, so, so yes. So they go to Max's house, and Gavin is introduced to this romance book club where men read romance novels to understand how, like, to find out what women want and to understand how to, like, give that to them and to communicate with them and to access their emotions and stuff like that. And... At the beginning, I was like, ooh, girl. Ooh, girl. Considering all the books we've read and how we over and over and over again say, do not take advice from romance novels. Right. But I, and I think you're probably about to say this, and I apologize for interrupting. What I really liked is how um, Gavin's friend kept saying over and over again, you need to learn her language. Like, what does love mean to her? And you need to know who she is to know that. Like... And taking it in terms of a romance novel, but like basically, like they have they have a male support group around him that talks about feelings, that talks about how you should interact with other people, that talks about how you need to be honest with yourself before you're before you can like demand honesty of others, and that like if you know like you should listen to other people, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and like all of that. I was like, that's great. This is great. Yeah. It. It becomes very apparent that the types of books that these guys are reading in their bromance book clubs are the types of books that 
Lisa K. Adams wants to write and wants romance to be, where it's about two people, a man and a woman, who, uh, um, learning how to communicate with each other, learning how to support each other, learning how to reach each other on the other person's level. And there are certain moments that I'm like, is this Lisa K. Adams's like secret quasi-feminist manifesto? Because if so, oh, sure, let's do it. Let's get it done. Um, but yeah, reading it, I'm like, okay, Lisa K. Adams. Like, yes, I, I want every romance novel to be like you're describing, but that's not what I've seen. So please write 30 billion books that like accomplish these things. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, like you were saying, Gavin's arc is learning that just because he says, I love you to Thea, that doesn't mean that she's going to hear it that way. And he needs to learn how to show Thea that he loves her in a way that she is receptive to. Mm-hmm. It's like, great. Great. And like, you know, we find she, and the thing too, for me is there was a while that it's like, she was like, I, how could you not have known that I was faking this whole time? It's like, okay, that's kind of unfair. Cause like, if you wait every single time, like that's establishing a pattern. But, but then as we get into the book and we sort of peel layers away, it's like, oh no, it's indicative of like, because she's now the wife of a major league baseball player, she has to, like her life has to look a certain way. She has to fit a certain cookie cutter. It's like, oh, she has all these all these things about her personality have changed without him noticing or remarking on. And, like, that's what she's upset about. She's upset about the fact that they've never talked about the fact that she never finished college, that she gave up on art, that she used to be kind of, like, a punk chick, and now she's, like, on the cover of Southern Home Living or whatever magazine it is. Like, that's the issue. And as we're discovering this, and then also, like, how her parents would sort of, like, use the two kids to as weapons against each other and their really terrible relationship. And so she has trust issues, and, like, him saying, I love you, doesn't mean anything to her, and she, he needs to, like, back it up. And as we're discovering these things, it's like, okay, I understand, like, the fight that they had wasn't about that thing. It was about everything else. And we sort of, like discover this over the course of the book and and we realize it with gavin like gavin didn't realize all of these things and thea as much as she wants to support him is so frustrated that he didn't notice that he didn't even say like oh that's like you're wearing these like pastel colors when you used to like cake on the eyeliner and wear a tie kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. like the fact that he doesn't even seem to acknowledge what the transformation that she's gone through because of him and for him, like she feels trapped and frustrated and like her life taken away from her. And so like, that's what the fight is about. I'm like, okay, uh, this is great. Like, this is what we need to get into. That's a real interesting and genuine problem that we need to like look at. So one of the things that I really liked too, when we got near the end was um, because he'd been talking, like she'd been lying to him for three years that, that 
that he just wanted things to go back to the way they were. He just wanted things to be perfect again. And she was so frustrated about that. But then I like the moment where it just sort of occurred that it occurs to him through thought and through this group like support that uh, he'd been lying to himself as well. And he'd also been mm -hmm. faking it. That this also wasn't the relationship he wanted. That this also wasn't the life he intended to have. That he also realized and that that fight like wasn't like the whole buildup to it was a buildup of like that he realized that their life was not good and was not perfect and he was happy mm -hmm. to keep faking it because it was easier to do that and the fight yeah. was about that being uncovered and that he was yeah. ashamed and he wanted to run from that shame and also him realizing like oh yeah i did notice that thea like her style changed and like the way she behaved changed but i just assume that's what she wanted and i wasn't gonna like ask her about it because i thought she was just like becoming the person that she wanted to be when that obviously isn't true and i also enjoyed that instead of her just saying these things we do see examples of it like we see her interacting with the other wags and i did appreciate there was a point where thea's like wag is really heteronormative because it stands for wives and girlfriends and she's like that's super heteronormative and doesn't allow for and that one bitch was just like well that what should we say she's like i don't know like partners of oh she I'm says, like, okay she, no 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 because okay. this was a great joke it was one of my favorite jokes in the whole thing and she goes uh spouses and partners and Rachel, the bitch, looks at her and goes, um, that says sap. And then our girl stands up and goes, yeah, it does. <laughs> like, like that this whole, <laughs> like, this whole club of people who are just about supporting their, the, their people who are on the field are just a bunch of saps. Bam! And she walks away from the table and I was like, ooh, you burnt. Yeah. <laughs> You burn. <laughs> yeah, we see examples. We see examples of and situations where Thea's like, "Oh my God!" Like I have to show up and do this and that and the other, and then she gets the showdown with that bitch Rachel, and mm -hmm. it was really satisfying. Actually, it's like yes, it, it yes, really was. Yes, because that part was like. Rachel was like, oh, Thea, did you never finish college when she knows full well that she did? And she's like, oh, yes, well, when I was pre-law. And then Thea's like, oh, did you never finish? Did you never go to law school? Mm. It's like, yes, bitch, yes. Um, so, of course, they end up getting together, and it's very beautiful and wonderful. Um, another thing that I really enjoyed about this book is meeting with Del, the best friend, and his wife, they almost got a divorce too. And there's a point where he tells that to Gavin, and Gavin's like, No, nah, man, you're a perfect couple. And Del's like, That's not a thing. That's not yeah. a thing. Like, everybody works at it. We were in serious trouble, and we put in the work. And, like, also, like we're still together, and now we're happy. Uh, he had the same conversation with his worked. father, too. Like, he was like, oh, Dad, yes, you two right. are perfect. And he's like, uh, wow, we must have hit it really well, because we were not. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, there were a few years there that, like... That, so it's... It, it was just really nice to see that, like, every every functioning relationship we see in this book is one that functions because it is a relationship that overcame 
troubles because of everyone putting in the work. Mm-hmm. So. I really like that, too. I, I... And that is, it's something I enjoy about reading second chance romance books in general, mm, is that mm-hmm. all, they're almost all about the work. They're almost all right. about like learning each other and like figuring that out. And like a lot of them really do that really pretty well. And I thought this one did too. And I liked the, the steamy Regency novel, like every couple of, every couple of chapters, there was a whole chapter from that so that you know what he's reading. Um, and uh, and so you know kind of where he's gleaning things from. And just like any mm-hmm. idiot, he's reading it chapter by chapter and then trying to do the thing in the chapter rather than reading ahead and figuring out what's going on. But then right. sooner or later, like, the voice of the Duke in, or the Count in that book, like, is in his head <laughs> and sort of, like, telling him that he's an idiot and that what he's doing yes. is wrong. And I like yeah. that, too. Uh, and then also we got to read those chapters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I enjoyed. The one thing that that I felt didn't quite work about that is there was a point at which the chapters from what is it, courting the countess or whatever, the the relevant chapter that informed Gavin of what he should do ended up happening after the chapter where we saw Gavin do the thing. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of weird. Like if if all of the after a certain point, if all of the courting the countess chapters got bumped up, just one, it would have would have read the courting the countess chapter, and then we would have known, like, oh, this is what Gavin's going to use to interact with Thea and to learn from. And then the interesting thing is, like, okay, how does he apply this? Where does he go wrong? What are the mistakes that he makes? What are the successes? Where does he improvise? But those chapters that this is what he was using for the thing he already did. So that was the one thing that was like, oh, this could have been mm-hmm, a little tweaked, but but I enjoyed that we got to read them. No, I thought that was really neat. I thought that was a very cool structure to the book. And um, I also liked, I, I like that. There's a lot to like about this book. I think there's a lot of good reasons to like it. Uh, it is exactly the type of like mass market, second chance romance I was expecting it to be. And there's a lot of fun things in it. But so tell us about Thanksgiving. Oh my God. I was so fucking pissed at Thanksgiving. So like the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, so here's the, so they, he's, he's left her. Like there, there's this divorce thing on the table. She like, he goes and kisses and like that fucks everything up worse because that is not what she wanted. And the guys in the circle are like, you kissed her without asking after she's been asking for a divorce. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? And I really liked that. And so then uh, he reads the first chapter. And the first chapter of the book is like, let me court you. Let me start over. Let's date. Let's let's get together. Give me time to fix this. So that's what he proposes to <laughs> his wife. Like, Gavin proposes to Thea, look, give me some time. Let me move back into the house. I don't have to sleep in the bed. But let me try. Let me... Uh, let's date, let's just have some rules and give me some time. And, uh, and she thinks about it. She's like, okay, sure. Well, he, he, yeah, he proposes a few months. He proposes until, um, spring, uh, training. But she's like, she's like, you know what? Not till spring training though. Only until Christmas. (laughs) And he's like, uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. (laughs) Which means that's like three weeks at the most. And she's like, yeah, 
yeah, because I don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> and and then she's like, and if we get div- if I do this, just what I want you to do is just give me the house, like pay it off and give it to me so I can have a place to stay with the girls. You don't even have to pay alimony, very little in child support, and then just go and we'll figure it out. And he's like, cool. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Thanksgiving happens. So he comes over, like he said he would. And she's like, could you get the uh, groceries out of the back of the car? I picked up a turkey. And he's like, why'd you pick up a turkey? And she's like, uh, Thanksgiving is tomorrow, stupid. Remember the plan? And he's like, yeah, we're going over to my best friend Dell's house. And she's like, what? He's like, yeah, we did that last year. Uh, I figured we were just going to do it again. You figured? And then I was like, wait, he figured? He didn't even, like, ask her about... And she's like, in her head, she's like, uh, the most important thing that's been happening to us is happening right now. We made a deal to try to get to know each other, which I didn't want to do, but thought, oh, well, at least we'll have Thanksgiving together. And you want to spend it with someone else? And it's... And she is so pissed. And he and she goes, but I bought a turkey. And his response to that is, well, you should have asked me first. And I was like, kick this fucker out. I'm done. I am also done with this guy. Like, fuck this guy. But then, so then they have Thanksgiving and it's fine. It's as bad as she thought it was going to be because she has to be around a lot of the other wives. Some of them whom she likes. That was, that was the law school bit, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Del's Del and his wife are hosting, and Del and his wife, and I forget the wife's name, but they are both like Nisa wonderful people. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're wonderful. They're both they're marvelous. Kids. They yeah, they have kids around the twins' age, and so it's like yeah, great. And and um. And they're rich sports the, ball people, so there's an indoor pool. Yeah, and the the wife is like, no, I know, I know, some of these women are fucking awful, but like. It's part of the gig, right? And and Thea's like, yeah, I guess. And like, and also like, Nisa knows they're having marital problems, but she doesn't push it. She doesn't. She mm-hmm. does every once in a while say you should give it a try, which also pissed me off because I'm like, no, like if a if a female friend of mine was going through like divorce problems with somebody who is also my friend, uh, I would just be like, come talk to me if you want to. I'm not, you know, don't talk to me if you don't want to. I am not going to tell you what you should do if you're, (laughs) because I don't know why you're having trouble. What if he smacks her and nobody knew? And I'm like, I don't know. Right. Well, part of it for me, like, yes, I agree with you, but I feel that part of it too was part of Gavin's arc in the story was he didn't tell the friends for a long time that it was no, because I agree I totally know uh, yeah I oh yeah. sorry and so ahead. there was like so he didn't tell them for a long time that it was because she was faking an orgasm because of the shame around it and so obviously Dell and Nisa had like talked about it and I feel that if there had been domestic violence and Dell knew about it he would have talked about it with Nisa and it would have been a whole different Agreed, but why would Del know? I don't know, but part of part of um, well, it's like a man giving another man the benefit of the doubt, which in this case was true because he was not right. Violent. But I felt like she was giving him the benefit of the doubt, not the woman standing in front of her. Sure. Yeah, but I mean, like, not but, but to finish my thought part of his growth as a character was that he did finally like 
say, oh, like her not having an orgasm doesn't, isn't, shouldn't be a source of shame for me. It should be something that we work on together. And I should be able to communicate that with my friends that I trust and who obviously want to help me with the situation. So I think to your point, it was sort of like the, the whole narrative operating under the assumption that like, oh, well, we know that eventually he's going to open up. And so like, everybody's just going to be there to be supportive until that finally happens. Yes. I agree that that's exactly because it seems what, that Lisa think, K. Adams has rose tinted glasses about romance novels. Yes, yes, no, and I, I absolutely agree that that's what's happening. But that means like, uh, that means like, like it, it just felt like even her sister, while her sister was on her side, it was obviously she was she was on her side in a bad way, in a bad way that isn't helpful. Like anybody reading that book in part because we're reading inside Gavin's brain, but anybody reading that book would be like, Oh, uh, Liv is acting way crazier about this than like, cause she was like, fuck that guy, get that fucking you out of here. Like, why are you even bringing him back? Why are you letting him into the house even to talk to you? Like she was too strident, but which means, but also she was our, our, she was, um, Thea's only support. That was it. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't see Thea have other support systems. Yeah, and the other women up... she reaches out to, like there's Rachel, who's the bitch, and then she's there's the Nisa, who's lovely, who's a lovely mm-hmm. human being, and I liked her. But her the first words are out of her mouth are, "You should give your husband a second chance." Yeah, now that you bring that up, this book is women telling Thea what to do. Yeah, and that, I mean that's my only point. Again, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I like there's a lot about this book to like, but that was a, that was part of the Thanksgiving wrap that upset me. And then... She needed a. She needed a. Um, oh, from from get a life, Chloe Brown, the the underwear designer. Yes. She needed one of those. Yes, she one hundred percent did. Yeah, she needed a girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and like Gavin had all kinds of other people who had different yeah. opinions on things. Like that whole male support group had lots of different things going on, mm-hmm. and like I feel like the premise of that is men don't lean on support groups and here's one that's like evolved to do that but women have natural support groups but meanwhile we're looking at a woman who is actually isolated yeah <laughs> and like this that was like yeah. uh but she doesn't <laughs> yeah okay yeah um but again that's but not, i'll say that's the silver like, lining of yes the silver lining the silver lining of that is that, like, part of this book, too, is Thea learning, like, yeah, I'm going to stand up for what I want to do. Like, she she enrolls in, like, she goes back to school to finish out her degree. And, like, so, yes, unfortunately, she had to learn the hard way. Like, I got to stand up for myself. But she should have some support that wasn't someone just telling her what to do. It was just a little unbalanced, but yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. is that is just part of the Thanksgiving panoply that upset me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> after all of this, they go back home, and it's just more more fights because they're having a hard time. And I thought that mm-hmm. was all really well done. I thought yeah. all of the fights they had and all of the sexual tension they had too. I actually thought was really nice because these are two people who are fucking hot mm-hmm. for each other, 
which is something I really appreciated <laughs> that Gavin didn't understand, that someone can fuck you and enjoy fucking you and having a great time and sometimes not come. <laughs> like, yeah, like, and yes, she should have told him. And yes, they should have had more communication. And absolutely yeah. that should have happened. But also she is still hot for him. <laughs> like she, So like there was like, and I appreciated that. But so then he decides I'm going to up the ante here. <laughs> and he's like, you need to actually try. I'm sitting here trying and you're not. And she's like, I'm trying and she's not, but she's, you know, she's like, I'll try harder, I guess. And he's like, no, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we will do this until just Christmas. But you know what? If you pull out early, I will, I will fight for custody of the kids. You will not get to stay in the house. And um, you will maybe not get any alimony at all. So good luck with that. And I was like, you, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, that part was like, really awful. That was like too far. I was like, nope. Mm -mm. Like, and then it, like, and then, like, I didn't feel like any of that was emotional manipulation before. I felt like it was fair. Like, here's me reaching out and trying. Here's me, like, taking quiet steps. Here's me, like, doing this. And, and there was no coming back from that. There was no apology. There was no fixing of that. There was no, like, that was too far. None of that. And I was like, oh, okay. Fuck you. Because she never said, I will take the kids away from you. She never said, I will refuse you, refuse you to mm -hmm. see them. Mm -hmm. Like, and I was like, that. And she was completely right in saying, like, how dare you use the kids as a tool? And... And just that there was no fixing of that or coming back from that. And then after yeah, yeah. that, they had some sexual tension immediately after. And then I was a little upset about the sexy tension stuff. And I was like, this isn't yeah, working. Yeah, that's fair. And then he takes her on a date. And this is going to come up again in book two. But uh, no, if you are having trust issues with somebody, the date you take them on is not blindfolding them. <laughs> There, there is no world in which it is okay where somebody says, you know what, I don't trust you. And you're like, great, let's go on a date. I'm going to blindfold you. Fuck no. <laughs> and then I, I genuinely thought at some point he's going to turn to her and ask her, what do you want? Yeah. I bet I could do a word search in this book and that never fucking comes up. Like mm -hmm, he doesn't, mm -hmm. he's, and they're like, he's like, Oh, where are you going to take her to dinner afterwards? I was like, um, he should ask her. So now that we've gone to this cool art store, um, what are you hungry for? I will take you anywhere you want to go. Nope. Yeah. We're going to go to the fanciest restaurant I can find. Cause fancy means romance. And it was just like, Arr! and like, and then even after that later, there was never a, what do you want scenario except, and like, it was just like, Ugh. Like, she, like she says what she wants all the goddamn time. I want this wall gone. I want you to be home more from baseball stuff. I want to not go to baseball shit, which is something he takes her to. <laughs> like, like, she oh, yeah, it's like Christmas stated, party or whatever. She clearly stated, you know what I don't like? Baseball stuff. I like supporting you in baseball. I like going to baseball games. I like... I like that you're in baseball. I want to support that. I don't want to hang out with those bitches, and I don't want to do the politicking. And, like, fair? Nope. Fuck that. Oh, I was like, 
uh, endlessly pissed about that. Endlessly pissed about that. And that never comes up. That never comes up again. Yeah. I did like her emotional turn. I did like when he honestly, like, he leaves again for the last time in the book. And he's like, look, I've done everything I could. Obviously, you don't want me here. I'm just going to go. And, like, I can't be the one who is always at fault all the time. I've said these things that are true things to you and you still blame me for everything and I need to take a break. And I thought that was super honest and great. And then she's like, oh shit, he is correct. I have made some mistakes and I haven't been honest. And I did really, really like that part. And again, I just still really, really wish there was a nice moment of like, like, you know, they tear down the wall together or something. Or like they <laughs> like together they do a thing that is about her. But mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the thing that he does, the grand gesture, because she goes to her father's wedding, a contentious wedding he's not happy she's not happy with. She kinda gets some answers from her father. And what he does is the funniest thing I've ever seen in a book. He comes out during the wedding and says, That's I really do! funny. I'm <laughs> But it was like too late. Their, yeah, but it was also kind of still their vows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so all I could imagine, <laughs> imagine being a guest at that wedding, just a regular old guest, and you're sitting here watching this older gentleman marry this twenty-something woman, and you're like, "This is a strange wedding," but I'm I'm here for it. And then a famous baseball player enters into the room <laughs> and shouts at the top of his lungs in the middle of the ceremony, I do! Thea! And someone's like, who the fuck is Thea? And the man at the altar goes, my daughter, who's in the back? <laughs> like, so it's like, this is the fucking weirdest wedding I've ever attended in my life. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It was. It was great. It, it Another, made me laugh out loud. I was laughing for a long yeah, time about yeah. that. Another issue that I had is the. So Liv was obviously looking for a reason to like get Gavin out, and towards the end, before the last big blow up, she's about to like leave, staying with Thea, and she's like, "You should look in his closet." It's like, okay, and it's a bag full of all the books that he's been reading. The thing is that like she. Th thumbs through them and sees where he's like word for word quoted the books at her and it's like oh he thinks it's just another lie and like I can understand that blah 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 and like sure whatever what the fuck was Liv thinking that's like oh, he has romance novels obviously he's a fucking liar like what are you talking about right what? Liv wasn't in the room for any of the times he quoted those things and the sisters weren't no, talking about wasn't. it because she because so, Thea didn't want to tell Liv the good parts of their romance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just there are a few. This is another example. This and like the interaction with Nisa of like the they're being like, oh, the audience knows or the readers know what's going on, but not thinking through like, oh, what does the character actually know? Because mm -hmm. it's like Liv was like, look in the closet, and I was. Like, Oh my god, what is it? What is it? What's going on? It's like it's the books. It's like So okay, let's let's look at Liv's thought process. A man is reading romance novels. Obviously there's something wrong with him. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> no, girl, no. Yeah, um, the second thing about Liv in that section is because she says that. She's like, look at his closet, and then she leaves. No other words. And in fact, Thea calls out to her and is like, what's in the closet? And she's like, what are you, you know, talking about? But she's gone. Liv isn't coming back. And then, um, and then the confrontation happens, and then he leaves. And then later, Liv calls Thea and is like, hey, should I come over? Um, I got a text from Gavin who's like, you needed my support. And Thea's like, I thought you hated Gavin. She's like, well, he reached out to me, so I guess he's cool. And I'm like, nope, that's not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> this vitriolic woman who the entire book has had said things like, all men are trash, can't suddenly mm -hmm. be like, but now he's okay because he called me? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, nope. but mm -mm. she and Mac are book two, I think, so. Obviously they're book two, because, like, uh, it turns out his name is actually Brandon. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's revealed when he's, like, he, he looks at her when she comes in from her waitressing job. And is like, that's the hottest woman I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he was kind of the worst, but I loved his interactions with Gavin because when Gavin like needed someone to be like you're you're being a kind of a shitty person and and Mac was there for that I don't need a whole book about Mac but I'm glad that Mac was there to like my my favorite moment with Mac was when he was following them around and spying oh my him. god it was him and the Russian right and they were in these <laughs> stupid disguises and like these two men are following us and Gavin's like what the oh, fucking damn it and he like confronted them in the bathroom, and then, <laughs> and this like the security guard came in and was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I'm Gavin Scott of the National Whatever Whatever Baseball Team, and these two men are following me and my wife. Escort them out, please." Oh man, <laughs> it, was, that... it was ridiculous, but I kind of loved it. It was so funny. Well, and I also liked Mac in that moment because he's like. Ask her to dance. Ask her to dance. I forget, like I was being <laughs> bodily removed from the restaurant. Ask her to dance, bro. Yeah, and then and he's like, she doesn't want to dance, and he goes back. He's like, did you want to dance? And she's like, yeah, obviously. I've been looking at the floor all night. <laughs> and it's like, like, yeah, I love to dance, but like you don't. And it's like, oh no, I actually like to dance. We just have never danced for whatever. Because we were only together for three months. Previous and then to you were our twins. having twins, so yeah, and me having yeah, yeah, a major yeah. league then, baseball career, yeah. So it's all fa see. That's the thing. It's like for me, all of the issues in their relationship felt very deserved and earned, mm -hmm. and like them sort of like bringing it up in a way. It's like, like it's not anyone's fault. Like, think, like I'm not going to blame you for following your career ambitions, but like there needs to be room for mine as well. And Gavin being like, oh, I kind of like it. This relationship became about me and like, yes, I'm, I'm the sole provider for the family. So I obviously need this job, but like also we need to make space for Thea and what she wants. And like, that's what mm. I enjoyed about the book. No, so. I agree. Like the scene by uh, the, the two opening scenes and then the scene, the scene by the fire pit in their backyard was like the three best scenes like i could read this whole book for those scenes those were perfect yeah. and everything i yeah. love about second yeah. chance romance but yeah and then to to round it out because i feel like we need to move on at this point is that by the end of the book they were reading the romance novels in bed together yep and i thought it was very sweet 
Uh, and I think that's every romance author's fantasy that people do. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, that was that book. That was that book. <laughs> Meet Cute Club, Sweet Rose Book One by Jack Harbin. Jordan Collins doesn't need a man. What he needs is for his favorite author to release another one of her sexy supernatural novels and more people to sign up for the romance book club that he fears is slowly and steadily losing its steam. He also needs for the new employee at his local bookstore to stop making fun of him for reading things meant for grandmas. The very last thing he needs is for that same employee, Rex Bailey, to waltz into his living room and ask to join Meet Cute Club. Despite his immediate thoughts, like laughing in his face and telling him to kick rocks, Jordan decides that if he wants this club to continue thriving, he can't turn away any new members. Not even ones like Rex, who somehow managed to both frustratingly to be both frustratingly obnoxious and breathtakingly some. As Jordan and Rex team up to bring the club back from the ashes, Jordan soon discovers that Rex might not be the arrogant troll he made himself out to be, and that like with all things in life, maybe he was wrong to judge a book by its cover. So that's what that book says. Also, really fast, <laughs> I just want to say, I love the phrase kick rocks. <laughs> Go oh, kick, kick rocks. rocks. <laughs> anyway, Claire, what is this uh, book actually about? Um, it is about a very boring gentleman named Jordan Collins, who is... Um, stuck in a rut. He has an exceedingly boring and yet stressful job at a call center. Um, all I mean, oof. he has a very specific routine in which he goes to the call center and then afterwards he goes and gets a, a ham and cheese sandwich and then he goes home and reads his romance novels. Um, and sometimes he goes and gets more romance novels and then he goes and visits his grandma in the nursing home. And um, then every month, once a month, it seems like he has a romance book club where I thought it was once a week. I think it was once a month. I like this book, I think, takes place over time. Oh, who knows? Yeah. um, Time doesn't make any sense in this book. So who can say? Um, Yeah, it seemed weekly to me, but honestly, who the fuck can say? Because this book was written strangely um (laughs) 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 uh i have Uh, i have like five thoughts and then nothing else to say about (laughs) and so and he gives a lot of thought process to this romance book club so much so that it is part of his existence that he is hurt when anybody can't do it for the rest it's, of life reasons. It's literally all he has going for him. And yet he doesn't know how to get on the internet to go on Craigslist and let other people know there's a romance book club. <laughs> no, he does not. No, he does not. <laughs> Apparently he's found the five people in this small town in the surrounding area that actually like romance novels. Yes. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? This is why nobody's showing up, because they were dis- the first time he was describing him setting up for the meeting, and he like puts out little snacks. He often bakes for these meetings, and then he put out lemonade and water. I'm like, bitch! Everybody Wine. wants to get drunk. <laughs> you get drunk. 
<laughs> so that's why nobody's showing up. But, well, and then know. later you find out he actually makes exactly enough food for how many people are there and what he expects they'll eat. <laughs> because, oh, yeah. Because when Rex doesn't show up to one of the meetings, he's like, well, I'll have too much food now, so you have to take this home. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I I don't understand that line of thinking at all. It's like, oh, uh, three people are coming over. I need to be able to feed all of the Vatican. Like, th- I need food for at least 30 people if anyone is showing up at my house. Yes, exactly. Not that that's happened any time lately, but, no. you know. And no, and so, anyway. So you this- always, yeah, if, if... If you get to the point in the evening that there are that there's no food left, you didn't you didn't put out oh, enough food. Nobody's coming back for your book club. <laughs> <laughs> there's no wine, and they only get so many hors d'oeuvres. Like, come on, guy. What are we even doing here? Um, <laughs> so he goes to his local bookstore that he goes to all the time to pick up all the books for the book club because other people are financially strapped. And he wants to be able to get them their books. This comes up later and pisses me the fuck that. off. It does. It does say that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he's buying all their books. And he feels like he's also like, I have all this extra money because I'm a single man who has a great job. Like, so I, fine. I'll just buy Yeah. Books. And this is in a small town in... Oklahoma. Oklahoma. So, like, you know, he has money to spare, I suppose. Exactly. So he's got all these books. He goes up expecting to see his normal cashier bookstore lady. And instead, out comes the handsome Rex Bailey, who immediately negs our man. Right? And, and I think the rest of the book negging him. <laughs> I think our friends at Books Inc. will agree. The very first rule of being a bookseller is don't make fun of people for the books that they buy. Yes! And Jordan even says that. He's like, I don't think you're going to get a lot of customers if you keep making fun of all the books people buy. And then uh, Rex says something smart-ass and terrible. I don't remember mm-hmm. what, but... And, like, and it, we're in Rex's mind, and, and Rex is like, I love seeing, like, this guy looks so cute when I'm making fun of him. And I'm like, this is not attractive. This is not yeah, a nice thing. he's kind of a monster. Uh, yeah, and, like, that is that never comes back. That never is right. fixed. But then strangely, and we'll get into it later, he grows, like, all of the character growth is by him. Like, by the end of the book, he's grown as a character, and Jordan doesn't change at all. Nope. He is still a stick up his ass that... Oh, and here's the other thing. He'd he'd have a lot more fun if he had a stick up his ass, honey. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, he also only reads romance novels. He doesn't have other things he reads. And yeah. he does seem to kind of watch television, but he, part- like, I have told you his whole life. And it is yeah. a small, and this very is... contained life. Yeah, and he wants this book club to be so great in part because his grandmother had this book club that, like, everyone was always so excited to go to. Like, you don't even have your own dream? Like, what's going on? Also, I bet you anything... She was putting booze in that tea. So, mm-hmm. like, that iced tea had vodka or something in it. That's why people kept showing up, honey. Also, knowing that grandma, we don't see a lot of her, but knowing that grandma, she made, like, she made too much food. And that's why people showed up. Yes. And I will say, like, I have run clubs 
that I wanted people to attend and was disappointed when they didn't. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and like, I've had meetings at my house where one person has shown up and it has been exceedingly awkward and not great. (laughs) So I understand at a very emotional level what Jordan is going through via this book club, but I don't know why he wanted to do it. I don't know what he, like, we don't spend time in the book club, really, so we don't know what they really talk about. Is he spreading his love of books? I'm not sure what's happening. Also, it's his whole goddamn life. Yes. Like, every... Every time, like you said, every time a member leaves, he has an existential crisis. Yes. And then later, of course, the point where he thinks it's going to um, dissolve completely. And then he's like, well, I was stupid for ever reading romance novels to begin with. It's like, what? What? Honey. Like, so here's the thing. Both of these characters need to go to therapy. Mm -hmm. Rex from a really terrible family situation and he defends or he protects himself against being hurt by being an asshole mm-hmm. and then he realizes oh I'm an asshole because I'm afraid of getting hurt that's not what a adult person should do so I'm going to start doing work on that and then Jordan by the end of the book I mean like I'm sure everybody knows the 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 club is stronger than it ever was and like Yay, that his character arc. It's like, no, honey, if you are ready to abandon an entire genre because a book club fell apart and because this one man is like doing the thing that you knew he was going to do, which was leave town when he was done selling his dead grandmother's house, then like, if that's the end of you ever finding joy in things, like, you need to go to therapy. Yes. But the narrative, it's like, oh, well, Rex learns his lesson and learns to support Jordan, so Jordan's fine now. Yes. It's like, no, that's codependence. Yeah, it was um, not great. Uh, Moving on to Rex, as you said. Rex is, he grew up in this town, but he left for a while. Mm -hmm. He came back Mm -hmm. because his beloved grandmother died, and Mm -hmm. he's the executor of her estate. Nana Bailey. And he's the executor of her estate. He's got the house. So he's got to go through her hoarding situation and clean that shit out. So he's going to be there for Mm -hmm. a while. Sell as much as he can, trash what he can't. And in no small part because his father, Nana Bailey's son, isn't doing it. Right. So, and this is another situation where his dad is not stepping up and taking responsibility. So he's like, well, I guess I'll do it. Yes. So that's what he's there for. He like he gets this like part-time job kind of to have something to do but also to have a little bit of extra money and uh it's uh and that's where he meets Jordan and is immediately intrigued by him. Gets a whole bunch of Jordan's books that he was reading, tracks Jordan down to his house and Jordan is rightfully like how the fuck did you get here? And then but honestly when he's like, "Oh, no, the bookstore owner said you run a book club and that's what's happening right now tonight right and i just said i wanted to join the book club so she told me where to find you <laughs> and i'm like yeah that's reasonable actually that is <laughs> i like, oh, see jordan you don't you don't take that as a as a sign that you aren't advertising your book club <laughs> that uh, people have to people ask should... other people about it <laughs> <laughs> how uh. did anybody join like what is happening here um so he asked to join jordan doesn't take this seriously um, even though he's holding the fucking book. Um, and then 
pardon me, but then just a lot of stuff happens that doesn't make a lot of sense entirely. We move around in time in a very weird way. This book suffers from the problem that um, we talked about in our interview with the editor, uh, that this writer can't figure out whose who's head we're in when and why. Like, at first mm-hmm. I thought it, it was going to make sense. It switches but... mid-paragraph sometimes. Yeah. 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 And it's unfortunate. Yeah, and it's... It's interesting, too. I think it's, like, I want to think that, like, someone reading could make that switch very quickly. But it is very jarring when it when you're reading a paragraph from Jordan's point of view and then the next paragraph is from Rex's point of view. So I guess I guess we as readers just need some sort of break, even if it's, like, the three little asterisks across the page or whatever. Like, we need something to tell us, okay, we're, we're shifting, right? I mean, it's yes. sort of like the end of a chapter. Like, a chapter is done. We're making a shift in our brains. And so I guess we just... Maybe maybe other people feel differently, but, like, reading it, I was like, okay, whose brain? What? Huh? Well, and, and it is. It's, a, it's an emotional shift. It's a storytelling shift. It's like, um, there's a lot that happens in that changeover. And... Mm-hmm. And sometimes it wasn't always clear. Like there was a yeah. couple of times where I was like, "Oh shit, I'm this is Rex. <laughs> I'm in yeah, Rex's because, brain." Because in this situation, very skilled authors change their language and their syntax depending on which character's brain we're in at the time. Mm-hmm. And usually that's done in first person, and this was all third person. But like, even that, even all of a sudden, like. The syntax changes. It's like, what is going on? Oh, we're in so and so's brain. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So it was, it was jarring and a little strange, and I had a hard time with that. Um, they immediately sort of begin an off again, off on again sort of situation. Flirtation, like I would say, like extended flirtation. Like right away, they're sort of hot and heavy in some ways. After the first book club, they have this makeout session in, on in the kitchen, and mm-hmm. Rex leaves going text me a picture of you tonight and jordan's like okay <laughs> but then i don't think that okay, happened <laughs> like, and I it didn't and I was, or if it did we didn't see it right i was like what's happening what's happening and then he and then jordan's like i don't I know mean, if that I'm is actually... what a thing a gay guy would do <laughs> <laughs> i mean like there was part and he's like and jordan's like i don't know what's happening with that rex guy and i was like uh he's the first guy you've kissed in a super long time i think you should kind of like figure that out that was another thing too for me a big a big issue for me with this book is that it was basically a very traditional straight romance novel except that one of the characters happened to be a man like like it followed all the beats with jordan filling the role normally normally assigned to a woman and rex filling the role normally assigned to a man that it's the very first time they meet Rex negs Jordan and that's what's so cute and amazing and then Jordan has really low self-esteem he's like oh that Rex guy's such an asshole but he called me handsome and nobody's called me handsome in a very long time so obviously I should go fuck him I guess it's like what is going on and like I understand so okay so I understand that part of what this author was going for is this is this this I guess theme of or motif of Jordan reads all of these romance novels and then because of who he is as a character when he's put in those situations even though he should know what to do because of 
he's read all these romance novels, he's still kind of hesitant and scared to do it. And so I get that what I feel that this, what this author was trying to accomplish was that Jordan used the romance novels to help him overcome his natural shyness and fear of change. But it, it really just came down to like him having no self-esteem. And then also he didn't take that lesson and apply it to the rest of his life. Yeah. You know, like he never had a moment at the end when he was like, oh my God, I can't believe I was ready to give up on romance novels just because I had a hiccup in this relationship with this guy. Like, that's not a healthy way to live. I I should, or, or even just like, oh my God, I've put so much into this book club that when it's going poorly, it affects the rest of my life. And like, I, maybe I don't need this book club anymore because I have learned these things about myself. I have these tools to like, you know, I still have work to do, but I, I've gone through these trials that I know that I'm stronger than I thought I was. And so I can like move on and Rex and I can grow as people together. But that's not what happens. And it's just like, for me, it's like, so Jack Carbon is obviously a queer man writing this book. And it's like... Like, I wanted you to, to, to just take it that one step further, either subvert this, like, gender dynamic more. Like, it being two men is not enough anymore. Like, subvert it more or be self-referential enough to understand that, like, oh, jo- like, I wanted Jordan to have the moment that's like, oh, life is and isn't like a romance novel and that's an important lesson for me to learn. And now I am better equipped to have an adult relationship. But that's not what happens. And it was like really disappointing for me. Agreed. I think uh, one of the things that I thought, like, one of the things that the other book talked about, which was quote unquote backstory or, you know, a person's life. Um, like the reason Thea was so upset that he kept, he left and that he kept leaving was that people in her life who were major and important to her also kept leaving. And there was an Mm -hmm. expectation that she would be left at any point. That she Mm -hmm. couldn't trust people. She couldn't accept their love because love, love is a, love is a thing you say right before you go somewhere. Like her Mm -hmm. mother abandoned them. They had to be with their grandparents and even their grandparents seemed to kind of abandon them. And like, and her father abandoned them. And so, and even to a degree, like she was her sister's mother to a degree, but Mm -hmm. then even Liv went on to go live this other life. So like, Mm -hmm. so her whole life was people leaving her. Jordan has the same talk with Rex that everybody leaves me and you're going to leave me too. And then of course Rex does. But the problem is nobody had actually left Jordan's life. Like Jordan had had some some experience with his parents that sounds like it was rough and it was it was bad and that they and that his grandmother sort of stepped in and helped take care of him in a little bit but that relationship was also rough for a little bit but then they learned from each other and he got his emotional support from her that he couldn't get from his parents but they were still there they still existed and in fact it was it was rex who people kept leaving <laughs> like who, mm-hmm. like like rex was the one with that problem so all Jordan has was people keep leaving my book club. 
<laughs> but they still exist. And it's like, if you're not reaching out to them outside of the book club, then they aren't your actual friends, no, obviously. Like that Lana woman obviously really thought like Jordan was great and thought he was like a good friend. Like, and like came to the book club in part because she was having so much heartbreak with her own mother and needed a break from it because her mother was dying of cancer. And so, so she's like, this is kind of a nice thing, but now I have to go spend time with her. And so it was obviously a relief to see Jordan, but Jordan doesn't even reach out to her and is like, how's your mother with the cancer later? Like, what? Yeah, she she left because she and her mom decided to like do pottery together as a bonding yeah. thing. And he never once, I mean, you know, like she, if they were friends, she could like checked in with him. But he never once reached out to... And, okay, because in the moment, he was like, I'm upset. I understand why she's doing it, so I don't blame her. I'm just upset at the situation. But, yeah, he never reached out to be like, hey, how are things with your mom? I hope that you're doing well and that you're, like, actually bonding with your mother because I know that's really important for you. So, like, he doesn't have any real friends. No, not at all. And then when Uh. Rex... When Rex goes through a terrible thing and is like upset and so he's pulling away from this relationship he's having with Jordan and he comes to Jordan and is like, you know, I can't do this book club anymore. I don't think I was ever really interested in romance. I'm not that interested in it now and I'm moving away so I think I'm just gonna drop this. And like the way he does it is assholey and it's not great. Yeah, he says it in the worst possible way which is like another thing that happens in romance. It's like okay, here's the thought you're trying to convey. Here's like over here in column A is how a normal person would say it, mm-hmm. and here in column B, no, column Z is <laughs> how romance novel characters say it in just the worst possible way. Agreed. It, it's like instead of saying, "Oh, hey, you know, like I have other things that I need to focus on right now, and like I'm really like I've enjoyed myself, but like." Unfortunately, I don't really have time for this anymore, but like, hopefully I can come back at some point in the future. Instead of saying something like that, like little white lies that we tell people because of social contracts. He's like, yeah, I never liked it in the first place. It's like, what the people, what is wrong with you? Yes. What is Uh. wrong? But also, uh, he didn't. It's totally fair. Like, to, to come up to Jordan and go, after the a couple of months of this book club, I've realized I still don't like romance. And um, I, I think I don't fit in this book club. <laughs> and then also, like, when we met, like, one of the first things we talked about was that I was sorting out my grandmother's estate, and then I was leaving town. Don't be surprised when I'm about to leave town. No. Yeah. So- ah. And then he has to, and then for some reason, because it's the course of the book, and this is what this author needed, was that we have to do the grand gesture now. And mm-hmm. so, and it is a grand gesture. And I, I'm not going to go into it specifically. It's a grand gesture. They get together, blah, blah, blah. But it's he, also realistic, what he I, did. I mean, I thought it wasn't too bad. It was funny, too, because he brings in, like, Jordan's favorite romance author and has the romance <gasps> author meet Jordan. Which I thought was lovely, but also the funny part about that being any romance author would be like, oh yeah, fine, like I don't like... (laughs) Yeah, some guy asked me to come to this tiny town and do a reading and a QA. and a of course I will. Yes, and that's happening. Of course I will. But she was a marvelous human being. She only had half of the story and she showed up at Jordan's work 
and gave him a hug and said, hey, this guy really likes you. Let's go do something. It's a secret I can't tell you because it's romantic. Sorry. Uh, and She there, was the best. Yeah, she, she was, was the best. She was super cute. So, but the, there's two things I have to talk about that are within this book. One is the date that they go on. So Rex takes him on a date and it's another one of those. I'm not telling you you're going to like it. It's a surprise. Neil, you and I have been friends for a very long time and I have taken yes. you on. I'm not telling you where we're going, but you're going to have a good time adventures. But you trust mm-hmm. me because we've been together yes. for a long time and I am not going yeah. to take you somewhere crazy. Once your husband picked me up at ridiculous o'clock in the morning and I got on a train with you not knowing where we were going. Right. But I treated you. That was such a lovely weekend. It was. But also you trusted because we've been together for a long time that I wasn't going to make you just eat watermelon for an entire weekend because you don't enjoy watermelon. (laughs) (laughs) You take me on a train and it drops off in the middle of nowhere and it's just like like a shipping crate full of watermelons and you're like, here's our weekend. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't do uh, that to you. I wouldn't do correct, that to you. Correct. I Where do they make... go? I don't even remember. What was the surprise oh. date? I was so angry. It was I. It was interested and angry. It was to the library, um, which which I thought <gasps> was cute. Right. I did think this was a cute date. I am generally going to say yeah. Rex takes yeah. him to the library and shows him his favorite books, which are kind of embarrassing because they're like Sweet Valley High or something. And it's like, oh yes, okay. I sorry to interrupt. Okay, Rex. <laughs> bitch honey you trying yes! to make fun of people for the books that they read and you're a, a big masculine you're a big mask dude who read sweet valley high shut the fuck up get the fuck out rex get the fuck honey out. you should have you should you should know better than anyone yes people read books that may be quote embarrassing for them to read but that they enjoy and they can take something from yes. so don't make fun of other people but also that's part of his growth as a person to realize that right. he's a garbage person and he does begin to do that work on himself which i appreciate yes and again i want to say that was an adorable date perfect great sure problem with it being jordan's first thing is oh i've never been to the library what Yes, he says, Bitch, I've never what? been to the library. <laughs> um, anybody who reads a shit ton of romance, and you and I read a moderate amount of romance compared to real romance readers. And real oh, romance yeah. readers are all about the fucking library because they read yes. too much to yes. like, they cannot buy all the books they read. They read too much of them. Yeah, to this day, one of my favorite things in the entire world is those little old ladies that put little... Because they read so many romance novels, they can't keep them straight anymore. So they, like, can know which ones they've already read. Yes! Like, that to me is just so pure and beautiful. How can... And, Grant, so I... I don't go to libraries often, simply because I love, like, buying and owning books. But even I am... Yes, go support the local library. Go read those books. I mean, I what are you doing, bro? 
No, when I read more, and I feel like I don't read as much as I used to, when I read more, I went to the library all the time. It's right on my corner. Like, I knew those ladies. It's just right there. It's right there, and it's a gorgeous <laughs> library that's lovely. And I was like, no, and now it's the future. 100%. You, you can get ebooks from your library. You can get them right on your tablet. Yes! I was like, you yeah, can, fuck yeah. this. That's not a true thing. That's not a true thing. That's how I'm not I, doing this. That's how I read the entire series of Unfortunate Events. I just rented it from my library and it showed up on my tablet and then oh. it disappeared when I was done with it. It was amazing. I've discovered some of my favorite books from the library just going to like the random sections where I like the cool sections and get, you know music. Yes. You can get music for free from movies for free from the library. I'm so, oh, oh, so angry. Mm. <laughs> We're all doing like angry Italian person hands right now. Anyway. The second thing, though, was the very funniest thing. It was so amazing. So, uh, Rex has a younger sister who's like a half-sister. And her mm -hmm. mother has asked that she be her emotional support while they go on a dinner with her father. Because they are getting divorced because he cheated on her. And the mother wants a closure evening. And wants to have one last dinner with him before he leaves forever. And wants her daughter there to emotionally support her. This is already inappropriate. She knows this. And so she asks her half-brother, who she loves, Rex, to come with her and be her emotional support as well. Rex is saying this to Jordan. And Rex is, and Rex is like, I don't know if I want to be there. And then Jordan says, I will go with you to be your emotional support. Now, just imagine. Bitch, no. Nah, bitch, How awkward nah. this fucking family dinner was. This man is leaving this woman, his second wife, who he met because he was cheating on his first wife, to go be with another mm -hmm. woman who he cheated on her with. Mm -hmm. And he's going to have this dinner with her and his daughter and his son and his son's boyfriend. <laughs> the daughter from the second marriage and the son from the first marriage and this guy that like Rex haven't even has been admitted that they're dating at that point so just some rando gay dude like what the fuck this is the when crazy. Jordan was like when Jordan was like I'll go I was like you've been reading too many romance novels don't do it yeah don't no. do it like what is wrong with you it was the single most insane dinner and then like immediately this father person is a villain he is just a straight-up villain. There is no depth to his character. There's nothing else happening. He, like, Rex comes up and he's like, oh, you're here. <laughs> Which, part of me was like, fair. <laughs> yeah, like... And then some other guy. <laughs> some other guy! <laughs> I don't know you. Why are you here? And at that point, Jordan Ugh. should have been like, I also don't know. You were correct. <laughs> I was just passing through. I gotta go sit with those people over there. Sorry. In that situation, like, you know how you emotionally support somebody? By telling them, when that's over, come right over to my house and I will feed you and give you a drink and we will talk about it or fuck about it or listen to music about it, whatever but he you wouldn't. need. He'd give him exactly one sandwich and a glass of lemonade. <laughs> One um, serving of cheese and crackers and a glass of water. That's it. If you're lucky, it's sparkling water. Don't ask for anything more, you ungrateful son of a bitch. 
girl, that dinner was crazy. So I I really appreciated the relationship between Rex and his half sister Amy, and because. Like you said, his father, Alan, cheated on Rex's mother with Amy's mother and then divorced Rex's mother to be with Amy's mother. They had Amy and then cheated on her with someone else, et cetera, et cetera. So, so it's obviously establishing a pattern. But that Rex was like, like he, his relationship with Amy's mother was a little strained. It's understandable. But he's like, like, I can't blame Amy for any of this. None of this is her fault. And, like, we're both kind of in the same situation. And, like, we understand what it means to be the kid of this horrible guy and to see what happens to our moms when he leaves them. And so, like, yes, it wasn't fair of her to ask Rex to be there. But I thought their relationship was really nice actually like they razzed each other but they were obviously very supportive of each other rex was really protective of her in a way that felt genuine and not weird and overbearing Mm -hmm. so i agree when rex wasn't around jordan when jordan was not in the picture i found rex's story very interesting he yes yes Uh, and then like like, his his conversations (laughs) his conversations with Amy and like them talking about their family dynamic. It's like, Oh, this is why Rex is an asshole. And this is Rex realizing that he's an asshole and why he needs to change that. Okay. This is interesting. I'm on board. Yeah. If I were an overbearing editor and our author, Jack had come to me with this book, I would say, I want you to remove all perspective of Jordan. Like, I want you to just remove Jordan's perspective. And I, in fact, want this whole book to be from Rex's perspective. And I want him to meet this guy who challenges him in his beliefs about what romance is and about what it can be. And that he even, like, starts to help him with his weird old book club that he doesn't believe in and slowly starts to realize what adult relationships can look like. And I want to have no part of whatever boring stuff is going on in Jordan's life because uh, it feels like he's just an NPC character standing around and waiting for Rex to show up again. (laughs) (laughs) Or if your story is about Rex coming in and shaking Jordan's life up a bit, like, we need to see more growth out of Jordan other than, oh, I finally got the book club I always wanted because it's what my grandma did. Yeah. And I have literally nothing else going on in my life. Yeah. I mean, (sighs) it was, it was, it was a little bit of a rough read, Um, but they get together in the end. Everybody's happy. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say something that I did appreciate about this book that we have not seen in any of the other gay books. Um, It talked about what kind of underwear they wore in a way that was important to the characters. Cause normally every time, every time I read a book where a gay guy is wearing a pair of boxers, I'm like, no, nope, no, not at all. (laughs) Or it's like, oh, they both, they, they, they both were wearing briefs. Let's move on. It's like, no, 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 man. General, very generally speaking are obsessed with underwear. (laughs) And like, if you know you're about to get laid, you're not wearing a pair of boxers. No. You you may be wearing a pair of briefs. But... uh... 
So yeah, they uh, Rex wore boxer briefs at one point. I was like, yes, thank you. This is the first time we've ever mentioned boxer briefs, as far as I can recall. Yeah, it's no, like I yeah. Think so too. He knew he knows he was probably going to get late, so he was wearing red boxer briefs. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it didn't say what brand it was, which is normally very important in this situation, but we'll overlook it because <laughs> you know. Um, I'm a forgiving person. Ooh. Yeah, I think uh, when we get to the fuck Mary kills, we're going to talk about one more character. But I think I'm going to move on from there because it's going to be fun to bring up that character then. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. That was that book. That's that book. That's that book. Are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? Am I ready? Let's play fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Fuck Mary. Are you ready? Let's play fuck Mary. Yeah. Fuck Mary. Kill. So Claire. Yes. Should we fuck Mary Kill some folk? Let's play Fuck Mary Kill. Do you want to go first or should I? Uh you go first. Okay. I have um a real one and a funny one. Okay. Claire. Yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Mm-hmm. Book clubs. Uh-huh. Author readings. Uh-huh. And we didn't talk about it, but it did happen in both books. Diner dates. Ooh. Mmm. Mmm. Okay. I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Sorry, authors, I'm going to kill author readings. And uh, I know it's important, but I've got these three choices. Very sorry. But also, <laughs> these I are have, the hard choices we have to make. Uh, I have enjoyed the author readings I've been to very much, but I sometimes find them exceedingly awkward. And depending on what time, where, where the author is in their tour schedule, uh, not mm-hmm. fun for them and obvious. Like, <laughs> like, here are people who are born in the darkness and spend all their time looking at a shiny screen with their own words and fears about them, and then they have to now go into the world and read them out loud to strangers? <laughs> They're not happy! <laughs> <laughs> so, I've often enjoyed them, and I've, you know, and I found them to be really good, and obviously I've participated mm-hmm. in several, but, like, um, out of those three choices, I'm going to kill that. Um, and I am going to fuck diner dates. Okay. I love, I love a good diner. I really do. I, I, I know it's, it's an upsetting thing, but I've had so many good memories in diners. No, I, yeah, girl, we, we both grew up in the suburbs. Like, yeah, we have fond memories of diners. Yeah. Like, I mean, and like simple food, you always know exactly what you're gonna get it doesn't matter if it's like what diner it is those plastic red cups that say coca-cola on them that are too big Mm -hmm. and just have Mm -hmm. water in them i love it i love it all if a man says to me i'm gonna buy you mozzarella sticks and onion rings of your life i'm gonna marry him and i'm gonna fuck him so hard ah man it's like great it's great i i love a diner i love a good diner i love so mm-hmm. much about a good mm-hmm. diner so i'm gonna fuck that but i am gonna marry book clubs um okay and it's for two reasons one 
uh, both the things that were stated in this in in both of these books lesser in, to a degree in meet cute club but it was there it's the emotional support of people who've been through the same experience that you have and now you're mm -hmm. talking about it together like you and i do like this is a kind of book club but like just getting you like these books bring us an emotional experience and then you mm -hmm. have this safe place to have big opinions and thoughts about it with other people who also have thoughts and like and you get to try new things and like move outside of your like like ex you know your zone of experience because you're sharing things that you don't know before like and like it is the number one way a lot of books get sold too it's like well let's get this to mm -hmm. a book club <laughs> And like <laughs> that's why so many books have the like book club edition with the questions at the end yes yeah which i always hate but whatever it's fine i know i always think they're dumb questions but then like i mean san francisco has like the one book thing so mm -hmm. like the whole city reads one book i've never read that book but um i love that <laughs> it's they a beautiful it. thing that i've never done never done it but i was a part of a book club for years and and like those women were like some of like the most important people to me in my life at that point mm -hmm. so like and again i get where jordan is coming from and wanting the book club to be great but also that book club evolved into that it wasn't that from day one um, yeah yeah that's the thing is he never had the moment where he's like oh it's like having a book club that you enjoy and having fulfillment in your life sh don't need to be and shouldn't be the same thing yeah yeah Ugh, yeah Anyway, so yeah, I'm going to marry book clubs. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I think I'm going to kill diner dates. Not because I don't like diners. But I feel like that shouldn't be a whole date. Also, if someone's eating fried cheese, no one's getting laid. Nope. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... So I'm all for a date that ends at a diner or that a diner is part of, but like, I don't want that to be the whole date. So I'm going to kill that. Unfortunately. Um, I'm going to fuck author readings. I realize I have not been to very many, but I've enjoyed the ones that I've been to. Um, so yeah, I'll do. And like, it's, I think because I haven't been to very many, like it's sort of, still very special in my mind it's like oh i get to be in the same room as the author of this book that i really like and i get to hear their words and it's just like it's such a profound experience and blah, blah, blah. i can understand why they would be very awkward at times but that has not been my experience so i'm gonna fuck them um and then i'm also gonna be in book clubs i realize i also have not been part of very many book clubs um but like you were saying like it's not just about talking about the book it's like the emotional space, the emotional experience, the camaraderie, the drinking alcohol along with that experience that is is really is really lovely. Um, and then it provides us, you know, a certain amount of um I don't want to say stability and I don't want to say routine, but somewhere in the middle of that that I feel is good for an image. So Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Um, my fuck Mary Kill. Yes. Is all about uh three characters that um I want to cover a little bit more in depth because I thought they were real interesting. Um, okay. 
uh, Omar, Nisa, and the Russian. <laughs> um, Who was Omar? Was Omar so, the graphic designer? Omar was the graphic designer. That yes! That they just, that in Meet Cute Club, Rex his house on a day yeah. and was like, make this man posters <laughs> for his book club. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> also, also, Jordan, honey, you can make an effective, it won't be pretty, but an effective flyer in Microsoft Word. Go to Kinko's. Like, that's, anyway, anyway. It is. Not a big deal. This is an easily done thing. And you also actually don't have to have a flyer. It is now times. Uh, now times. <laughs> there's a, there's a whole cell phone internet. times. Yeah, you don't need to put flyers anywhere. Like, you just, you don't. <laughs> and also, yeah. you don't need, you shouldn't put that many out. Who knows what kind of crazies you're going to get. I totally understand, like, putting it on, like, the local library forum, the bookstore he likes going to, and that's it. Like, beyond that, maybe. Yeah. Maybe Starbucks. And then, in uh, Rex's defense for the grand gesture, he organized it at the library. Mm-hmm. So people weren't showing up. At, there was a hot second that was like, are a bunch of people going to show up at Jordan's house without him realizing it? No, they went to the library. It was fine. Yeah. Okay. No, and it was fine. And, like, uh, but still, I was like... Well, anybody could have done that. You didn't need a graphic designer to do it. And then apparently, like, Rex had also bought a printer just for this. And I was like, why? You're printing five flyers. (laughs) Why are you going to post a hundred flyers about this man's nice appetizer book club? (laughs) In this tiny town. Yes. This tiny town that does not exist. Um, That's Omar. And then there's Nisa. <laughs> we barely talk. It's listeners. That's all you need to know. He's that's a, he's all you a, need to know. He's a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like brash. He's a brash graphic designer. Yeah, a sleepy graphic designer. They caught him when he was taking a nap. He's so sleepy because he has a kid, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. So of course he's tired. He he's trying to raise a child. He's a single father, isn't he? Yes. He's trying to raise a child all on his own. He does not need random people just walking into his house demanding work from him. Yes. Um, these are also, these are all three underwritten characters that give us a lot of backstory to other characters, but in, a, in fact, like, could have been completely written out. We wouldn't have even known they ever existed in any yeah. draft. Um, and then there's Nisa, who we did talk about already, like, just the wife of Del, and, you know, I've I had my problems with her. But again, underwritten character. I think we could have had her in a lot more. If we took her out, we wouldn't have even noticed she was there. And then there's the Russian, who <laughs> is, um just thrown in there at weird points he he's has, there to destroy bathrooms he has irritable bowel syndrome um uh like all of the other men in this book club seem to be like top of their game they they're in football they're like you know they own big industry or something then there's just this russian dude they all refer to as the russian how do they know him how did he join this club what are his problems what advice does he have about romance we don't know he's only comic relief (laughs) yeah i think he's a hockey player Yes, that's that sounds right. I would definitely say if he we took him out, I wouldn't have even noticed. Like, it was yeah. toilet humor in a weird place that I didn't 
think needed it. Except to say like, oh men, men shit in toilets. I don't know if you know this, but ooh, you get a bunch of bros together and one of them's gonna be shitting in a toilet. <laughs> yeah, part of me is like, oh, it's Lisa K. Adams being like, it's a, like women, women are allowed to laugh at toilet humor too. Or Lisa K. Adams being like, oh, what happens when a bunch of men get together? They talk about how much they shit. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, both things are true. It's, yes, but I just didn't understand. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. But also, sure. I loved him. I thought he was great. <laughs> and would have liked more. But also didn't know what yeah. he was there for. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, he brought it all on him because he's also lactose intolerant. And yes. And kept eating cheese. Yes. Um, it was... Ugh. It was a very strange character that I, all three of these characters I loved and would love to have seen more of and also don't know why they were in there. So, fuck, Mary kill, Omar, Nisa, the Russian. Okay. I think I want to fuck Omar. Uh-huh. Marry Nisa. Mm-hmm. And kill the Russian? <laughs> Which, like, normally I'm really attracted to the comedic relief guy, um, but I, I don't think fucking him would be a good idea. And then I don't know. Well, I mean, also I don't want to be married to him because the whole idea of being in a gay marriage with a Russian is what I want to deal with right now. So. Yeah, no, it's all probably. So that's that. So I will that. I will say, I think I would marry Omar because he seems very supportive and um, happy to do help help friends even when he's grumpy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Oh, did I say fuck or marry? I'm gonna marry Omar. I'm gonna marry Omar. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna kill Nisa, not because of the things I'd said before, but just in general. I think she could be taken out. I'm going to fuck the Russian. And here's the thing. I think in the movie version of this book, he would actually be the funniest character. And I think I'd enjoy watching him. Like, and I'd be able to tell who he was. He would always have a funny quip in with this like heavy Russian accent. He would definitely be like, he would not be embarrassed about loving romance novels. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. this would be great. Like I love him for all the reasons that aren't in the book. <laughs> like he intrigued the shit out of me, and I'd probably take the shitting part out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, he seemed very, um, very game, very supportive. Like his defining characteristic was that he needed to stop eating cheese. <laughs> and like, so here's the thing: like, I love cheese, and if being married to a man where if there's cheese in the house, I'm going to have to deal with that. Like, I can't I can't give up cheese. <laughs> I can't. No, it's it's a choice you can't make, <laughs> and I would never make you. Alright, alright. So that, that was mine. Okay. Yep, great. Uh, of all the characters, Claire? Um, I... <sighs> um, oh, poor Gat. Poor, poor Gavin. Um... And all the the characters, I don't know. Okay, I think I'm gonna marry Dell because I think mm-hmm. honestly Dell had so much going for him. He was supportive. He put this whole thing together like great. 
Um, I'm going to fuck Gavin because I think he learned a lot. And uh, they talked about his Atlas muscles. And those are very hot muscles for me. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. I enjoy them very much. And I am perfectly happy thinking about those. So that would be a fun time. And especially now he's learned all kinds of lessons. So uh-huh, uh-huh. It, it's a very enjoyable time. Um, and I think I am oh, oh so, so, so very sorry, Jordan. <laughs> oh. I'm sad. Like, I think I'm going to kill Jordan, and I feel bad about it, but I, I also just think he needed more in his character. Yeah. Like, uh, like you said, at least Rex grew as a person, even though he was the negging asshole at the top. I, I Jordan didn't learn anything. Jordan didn't change. Jordan was still Jordan, yeah. and Jordan was a non-person in so many ways. Ah, I feel bad. Okay, that's it. You? Um, I'm gonna fuck Dell, because mm-hmm. um, he's real attractive. And then it would just like there'd be a lot of a lot of cuddling after, a lot of oh, checking yeah. in. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm sure I've mentioned on this podcast that at least in my experience, it's unusual during hookups between two men for someone to spend the night. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he would offer, and I would feel comfortable with that. And then we'd like just go get breakfast the next day, and and even if we were like, yeah, this isn't gonna work, we both, yeah, I had a good time. It was really nice to meet you. Have a great life. And that's Aww. that's what every hookup should be for everyone. Yes, uh, I wish um, that for all. It, right, I'm gonna marry Thea. There's just like I I want her to get everything that she wants, and I want to help her so badly. Oh, cute. I don't know what it is about her. I'm like bitch finish your degree go do some art and like yeah i i can't stand kids but sure the twins are there and i just want you to have everything you want girl and by the end of the book i feel like gavin can figure it out but during the whole book when gavin was learning his life lessons he couldn't give you everything that you want and Mm -mm. and i and i want to help you give everything you want girl so i'm going to marry her and then i'm going to kill rex's dad because he, oh, I mean, well, yeah, despite being like a romance novel villain, he's, he was just awful. There was something about him that seemed very um, grounded in reality. Just sort of like, not him as a character, but that sort of man who exists in people's lives. And very real. Yeah. And I don't want that for anyone. So he can be murdered. And the books? Um, I think... Okay, I'm going to fuck bromance. Because I do think there was a lot that was genuinely good about it. And very interesting and different than a lot of other books we've read. Um, I'm going to kill Meet Cute Club. Um, Mm. If only because I feel like it needs five more drafts. Um, It's almost there, but it's not there yet. Um, But Bromance Club, like... um, it's to take a turn from the book. It might be a pity fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, but no. still. Um, I'm gonna marry Bromance Book Club. Um, you raise a lot of really good points. Book is gonna put in the work that we need to put in to make a relationship work. And that's why I'm going to marry that book. Also, it's like my my bar has become so low now 
that it's just like oh it's a it's about a man really oh there was a there was one line where they're like flirting is about confidence and it's like no i'm super confident and they're like no asshole not your confidence her confidence it's like yeah, yes i like that yes. i was like oh that yeah. is good that is really you know, good like we we need more of what's in this book in romance in general and like yeah points that you brought up were definitely like issues um but that book and i would talk through them together because that's what we learn is that you have to put in the work anyway and then cute club i'm gonna like fool around with it i don't really want to kill it just because of all the rex does um, and I really liked Amy and Jordan's grandma as characters. Um, but I'm not necessarily, fuck it. I, so Meet Cute Club is the type of guy that I would go on a date with and then accidentally have gin for dinner and make out in the back patio at Toad Hall and then never see again. <laughs> That's that experience. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, oh my god, I'm so excited. Uh-huh. It's time for a favorite game. <gasps> is it? It's time for? It is! Yes! Chris Christine! Yes! Yes! Close enough. We'll just what? put in the thing. It's okay. fine. <laughs> okay. All Claire, right. what are we reading yes. next? All right. So, here are the books. Restless Spirits by Jordan L. Hawk and uh-huh. Dark House Experiment in Terror Number One by Karina Hale. Is this Haunted Houses? Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it. Yes. Yay. I have won. I, yes. I feel like I would have. That wasn't my first guess, but I feel like I would have gotten there eventually. I was like, ghosts. We already did ghosts. Paranormal spooky stuff. Okay. And you'd be like, no, more specific. And I feel like I would have gotten there eventually. Oh, my yeah. God. Hon- oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh Do people fuck God. the houses? Um, no. Oh, no. I, None of these books are by Chuck Tingle. So, of course, that doesn't happen. None are by Chuck Tingle. These are both um, horror romance. They were both sold to me as horror romance. Um, To be fair, I do think so. Dark House is obviously, it's the experiment in terror, book number one. I think this is actually more like these two people kind of go through each book. And so like we see more of their romance probably in later books. Like this is the one where they meet. So Mm. warning, I don't think they have their happy we're together ending, but. There will be cliffies. There will be cliffies. That was a moment I loved in uh, Meet Cute Club where there was one of the, the... They didn't realize that the book was the first one in the series. And <laughs> some of the people in the book club were so fucking pissed. <laughs> They're like, it should have been labeled. There's no HEA. It's a cliffy. That's not what I signed up for. <laughs> uh, it... Is anywhere in the um, advertising or book jacket for these, the only thing more terrifying was their love for each other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Not that I can tell. This opportunity. Um, Dark House does have a very funny warning that I think I would like to read to you right now. Yes, please. Uh, So after all of the the different things, it says, warning, there are two things you need to know about this book. One, this series does get sexier as the books go on, so I should warn you, this book is totally PG except for the language. Please keep in mind the very crude language. And two... (laughs) this was the author's first book written back in 2009 and she's written this is an insane thing and she's written 27 55 novels since then in all genres please note we all have to start somewhere that said enjoy the crazy ride (laughs) Writing 55 books in the span of, like, 10 years? Yeah, 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 It's like, you know, that sounds like one of those stories where they're like, you know, Jane was never really interested in books or writing until she was struck by that lightning. And now she's (laughs) writing, (laughs) she writes six books a year. (laughs) Something rewired her brain. Maybe she got, maybe, maybe that writer got possessed. Maybe. By like a ghost that. typewriter. Mm-hmm. Yep. <gasps> oh my god, 55. Fuck. Wow. This is the first of her 55 books. Okay, I'm expecting it to read like a first novel. You know, um, yeah, same. Um, but it's important. I mean, we're coming up on Halloween. I know this will come out after Halloween, but honestly, it's time for Haunted House, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of 2020 is spooky time, so yes. <laughs> Let's get our spooky on. So yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those are the books. Great. Um, yeah. Marvelous, marvelous. Okay, well, thank you, Claire. No, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Christine. Thank, thank you. you so much, Christine. Thank you, writers. Thank you very much, writers. And thank, thank you, you listeners. Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much. We love everything about you, especially that you listen to us. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> um, please be sure to tell your friends about us. Um, rate, review, subscribe on all the stuff. Um, all the stuff. Just like, I don't like, like all of your podcast apps. Yeah, subscribe yeah. on and every even single not- one of them. Just go on, like, I don't know, Goodreads and be like, everyone should listen to FMK Lit. And everyone be like, that's not a book. And you'll be like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so, you know, spam everybody. Um, yes. Yep. <laughs> um, and anyway, thank you again. This has been yeah. a delight. And I suppose all that's left to say is. <sighs> Never. We're never gonna have. I feel really good about that.